other parents are struggling with this. Yeah. If you feel alone in your struggle, I tell you what, lots of parents are struggling with this. And so in Galatians 6.2, Paul tells us, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And Paul was talking about that within the context of people falling into transgression, getting tangled up in sin, and then being gently restored and brought out of that by other Christians. And so isolation is the enemy here. We want empathy over isolation. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. And this is the one and only Every Moment His podcast. I think it is one and only because I don't think there's another podcast called Every Moment His. It's totally us. Totally original. Yep. Yeah. I like to think that we're original, but I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Pushing it maybe a little bit. There's never been anyone like us. But you know, God... God created you special, Pastor Tim. You're you're a special snowflake, my friend. Yes, I am. <laughs> so, well, the purpose of this podcast is to help us uh, unpack the sermon, uh, how it relates to our lives, and we are in the midst of a sermon series that is kind of practical. Uh, all sermons are practical, but this one in particular, uh, this whole series, Save to Serve, and. Um, This Sunday, this past Sunday, we addressed the theme of Save to Serve as a Parent, and we're going to break this into about three podcasts uh, dealing with different topics. Uh, We're hoping to get some guests back on, and that's always fun. It is. It makes our podcast a little less dull. (laughs) It spices it up a little bit. A little bit, right? Yeah. So we're hoping to do a specific episode on parenting littles, those little kids, uh, passing on the faith and some strategies to do that. Also, kids in worship, some of the challenges with that, and how the whole church can support families in that. Yeah, that's a a good one, because we've all been there. As I've been sitting with my wife uh, recently in church, sometimes I'm like, how do you do this? Yeah, I know. My, My wife, I know. My wife didn't hear a sermon, I think, for two years. Because I think for the last seven years, they've kind of been single parents in church. Kind of, we're yeah. we're doing stuff, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that. But today, we want to uh, focus in on a specific issue related to parenting. Uh, how can I parent my drifting or doubting teen or grown child? I think that's a, a thing that a lot of people in churches are wondering, and they're asking that question how do I parent a child who's maybe drifting for Christ? Maybe their affection for Christ is, is dim, uh, or maybe they've even expressed some doubts, or they've even confirmed their doubts and said, you know, I don't even believe in God. So that's what we want to talk to today. Cool. Do you want, do you want to hear a joke first? Man, I thought we rushed uh, past <laughs> that. <laughs> so okay. uh, a neutron, he goes into a bar, and he asks the bartender, you know, how much for a drink? And the bartender says, for you, no charge. <laughs> Makes sense if you know. It's, it's a neutron, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to know some chemistry. You have to know a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. Is it chemistry or physics? Uh, either, I suppose. It's kind of both. Yeah. 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 Wow. That was a, a subatomic humor. Uh, right there. <laughs> good one. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can do this, too. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we did it. All right, Moving good job. On. <laughs> Don't look back. Um, yeah, so, gosh, you know, kids are, 
exposed to lots of info, smartphones, the internet, social media, being in school, and so much is just at the, at the tips of our fingers. And um, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true, but we don't yeah. always know that. Well, yeah, I think, ju- well, yeah, just to talk about that for a second, like the amount of info dumping into our minds, adults and kids, mm-hmm. I mean, adults don't really even have control of what they think anymore or why they think it, you know, like they're just, there's just so much influence coming in. And then, yeah, you know, kids are more susceptible to that and they're being shaped at a much faster rate. Um, and let's just be honest, most of it's not telling the Christian story. Right. Or being critical of it. So how many TV shows or movies have you seen uh, that, that present the Christian faith in a, in a positive light. Like my wife and I were talking about this, how it's kind of annoying, but sometimes TV shows, the, the, the Christian is kind of the crazy religious person. Yeah. And, and so we don't even have a good representation of the Christian faith at the popular level. And so there's a lot of um, noise out there, a lot of distraction, a lot of misinformation. And you combine that with the fact that the teenage years, even the young adult years, are really tumultuous and you're trying to figure out who you are. Yeah, right. And and I think one of the tasks of growing up, you know, is you do move from I trust to whatever mom and dad is talking about because they feed me and they're bigger than me. Mm-hmm. You move from that kind of um, fusion with them and their mindset to, okay, now I'm going to figure it out for myself Mm-hmm. Right. In the teenage years, it's kind of like this separation. You know, I got to think for myself. I'm going to drive for myself. I'm going to find my own information sources. and I'm going to s- kind of sort out what is my what is my internal GPS for what is true. Yeah. And so at that point, I would even say that some doubts or some questioning are kind of normal and to be expected. There's this differentiation that takes place where where we're trying to figure out what we believe and if we believe it just because our parents believe it or grandma believes it or uh, the society we live in believes it. And so you, you may have this period of, gosh, am I, a, am I a Christian just because I was born and raised into a family of Christians? Mm-hmm. Now, that question cuts both ways because if you grew up as, as an atheist, you might have to ask, am I an atheist just because I was born into a family of atheists and raised by them? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If there is such thing as truth, then somebody has to live in that situation of being born and raised into it. Right. That's not just like, just because my parents believe it and I was raised in it means it's not true. Yeah. So there's this important task for all people of just questioning. Yeah. And it's natural. Uh, But when it comes to young adults, uh, emerging adults, when it comes to their Christian faith, um, if parents are not prepared for that, to to answer in ways that are uh, logical and winsome and and complete Mm -hmm. and have some of the answers maybe that that they didn't address with their teens or their young adults before that, they can really be caught off guard. Right, yeah. And we want to deal with that uh, in depth uh, a little bit in a moment. First, I want to address this. 
is I want to address the issue of guilt because I think in my conversation with parents there can sometimes be a, a level of guilt that you know this family in church their kids are growing up following Jesus but what about my kids or my child there's a sense of guilt uh, before God and before others the sense of shame like I dropped the ball as a parent I wish I would have done that mm. better I wish I would have taught them the faith more uh, but now on the one hand to feel those things might be a good place to begin because it may be the law of God convicting our hearts mm, yeah you know showing us our sin but we God never shows us our sin or our mistakes or our past failures to leave us there he only shows us our failures so that we might bring them to the cross of Christ where Jesus dealt with them completely. God doesn't rub our nose in it. Right. He leads us to, okay, I forgive you. Let's walk forward. Mm-hmm. So I just want to share that word of, of, of gentle grace and forgiveness that maybe you're experiencing this recurring grief and, 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 and guilt. God does not intend for you to stay there. Absolutely. You know, I think it, it is true, like what you're saying, like it could be true. Yeah. And I think owning owning that is the only way to grow, right? It, it could be true that you drop the ball. That could be very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but today is, today is a new day. God's mercies are new today. And there's still time, right? Yeah. Today is the day of salvation. And he's, God isn't giving up on you. Right, yeah. he's not shaking the dust from his feet. So as we repent, he he welcomes us, picks us back up, and exactly. shows us the truth. Yeah, I think of that scripture in Romans uh, five, where it says that when we were God's enemies, that that's when Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. And so our series, uh, the series of events in our lives as Christians, we we drop so many balls. What does uh, James says? Uh, we all sin and stumble in many ways. Yeah. And, and that is true of every area of life. And the main thing is that we just, we own it. We're honest about it. When we've dropped the ball and it broke even, mm-hmm. that's where Jesus is. He's at the bottom to find yeah. us, to put us back together. And, and I think one thing for me as a younger parent, right? My, my oldest is eight years old. But man, I am not arrogant anymore. Like <laughs> when I look at parents and teenagers and, and young adults and I just sum up, because I've been kind of a, a pseudo-parent to a lot of kids now in mm-hmm. their teens and just a pastor to them. And I just see the struggles and I think, man, I am I am not going to cast judgment. Nope. <laughs> you know, like anyone who casts judgment on parents who are struggling in this way, it's like, man, you, you just haven't been there or you're just not paying attention. Well, there is this term being a PK, right? Right, I know. <laughs> you know, that pastor's kids... You know, pastor's kids sometimes will be really faithful to Jesus or they'll just be like off the rails sometimes. And, you know, I even remember, you know, going to to a Lutheran school in college and and you'd run into pastor's kids who are just really faithful, uh, just bright examples of the love of Christ. And then you'd run into some pastor's kids who are just bitter. Yeah. And, and they were having their own doubts because, well, maybe the the, the church kind of stole their dad from uh, being a parent or maybe mm-hmm. even there was bitterness and, and division in the congregation right. and they saw the way it just wreaked havoc in their own families. Yeah. So, yeah, no judgment. And, uh, and you know, the truth is you can do all the, the right things as a parent 
and your kids as autonomous beings can can walk away from the faith. So yeah, it calls for a, a whole different level of humility as we as we walk together as parents. Mm-hmm. So we are not justified by parenting. It does not say that in scripture. <laughs> Thanks be to God. And a lot of parenting books, I think, give us this uh, this feeling, these parenting trends, like, right. oh my gosh, you're messing your kids up if you let them watch five minutes yeah. of TV at if the you, age if of two. You feed them gen- genetically modified anything. Right, like if you go to the gas station and you buy them Cheetos in a in a Slim Jim, uh-huh. you're, you're going to parenting hell. What are you doing? Of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing it wrong. So there's all this anxiety about parenting in our yeah. culture, and the scriptures give us a different message: is that you're not justified by your parenting or mm-hmm. your marriage or by your anything. It's by grace that you've been saved through yes. faith. And that actually allows us to approach parenting angsty teens or, or you know, the kind of the kids with the boogers, you know, the, the three and four-year-olds in, in a much more gracious way, a much more positive yeah. way. And yet the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about parenting. True. I, I would say it doesn't have like full a full book on parenting or something, but... Proverbs might be the closest you get. Good, good point. Yeah. But there, what it says is to the point and clear, you know, raise your children. Fathers, raise your children in the fear of the Lord. Yep. And just this constant assumption that all Christian households will be households of teaching the faith. Right. So it is a ta- it's, it's a challenging task, yeah. but it does belong to us. Yep. So I think, I think one piece is we just need to own that task. You know, we cannot punt. Absolutely, we cannot punt to the church. Even we are the church, right? We have to own the task of raising kids up in the faith and all that entails, and mm-hmm. all the current challenges that this world's throwing at us in this task. For real, yes. So let's move on to our next point. Is just this point of being equipped. Uh, you know, as we encounter our kids drifting or doubting or questioning. Uh, we as parents want to be equipped. This means, you know, reading the scriptures and being familiar with them, uh, reading books, listening to podcasts um, about our faith and why our faith makes sense and why we believe it. And this brings up the uh, the topic of apologetics. Do you want to just maybe, what is apologetics? Yeah. It's so not apologizing, right? No. <laughs> yeah. It's not saying sorry, uh, for the Christian faith, or if you're in Canada, sorry. True. <laughs> but it, what it is, is just giving a defense. So, and I think this is so important. And I, real quick, I'm going to contrast it with an idea of kind of like, I know it's true just because I feel it. Right. So, and I think this was kind of popularized. It's kind of the, um, yeah, um, you know, the little precious moments faith we can kind of characterize it as like this faith that just doesn't really attach to any reason logic science history but is just kind of like well i just know it's true because i know it's true because in my heart it feels like it's true and that's that's a total you know character you know just generalization of that concept but you know when you say why do well why do you know christianity is true and if the answer is I just know it in my heart. This is not a good defense for the faith. It's mm. not a good defense for most anything, right? So the yeah. Christian apologetics is saying we have good a good reason to believe 
uh, that the world was not created by accident or came mm-hmm. in, we have a good reason. We have scientific reasons to believe that. We have historical reasons to believe the Gospels are truly written by the apostles and their, their, um, their friends, you know, those mm-hmm. disciples that were with them. Like, we can prove these kinds of things to help defend why do you think this is true. Right, right. And, and yes, and while we can talk about the experience of our faith, it doesn't just end there. It, it is rooted in something historical. It's rooted in something real so that it's true for everybody and not just for me. Uh, so, for example, yeah, you referenced the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, it's really interesting to, to read on how historians struggle with this um, book by Michael Michael Lacona called The Resurrection of Jesus. Pretty creative title there, uh, but it tells you what the book's about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says that the, really the only reason that, that scholars will reject that Jesus was raised from the dead is on the basis of uh, already believing that can't happen. Yeah. Uh, because the evidence is really not all that easily explained uh, through natural causes. Uh, so that's just an example of of good apologetics. And so so we just really encourage parents, if you have kids who are preteens or teens uh, to, to read up on some apologetics, uh, check in with us as pastors. We can hook you up with some good videos, with some with some of the better things on the internet, yeah. with some good books, with some podcasts, uh, because there's so much good stuff out there, and even written to parents. Mm-hmm. I just saw a book the other day uh, that looks really good called Mama Bear Apologetics. Nice. It's an apologetics <laughs> book written for moms, and it cool. just looks really, really good. Well, so, and I think, so the challenge is when, when uh, you know, Jeffrey gets on the internet and he goes to YouTube, and there's about 100 atheists that are popular on YouTube, and he just comes across um, an argument that says everyone knows that the story of Jesus is just a retelling of other ancient myths. Mm-hmm. And he comes to, well, just he, he believes it. He swallows it. He doesn't, he doesn't critically look at it or right. read a book for crying out loud. He's not going to do that. And so he comes to mom or dad, and mom or dad have nothing to say. Like we have no, we have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want, as parents, we want to be aware of these kinds of fallacious arguments. Yeah. And a really simple way to refute those kinds of things, you know, just really saying, you know, what, there's a lot of scholars that have looked at that and say that's absolutely not true. Right. Right. Yeah. And I've experienced this quite a bit in ministry, uh, and it, and it. I remember one of the things that I, I took some classes on apologetics and, and uh, one of my professors shared with me this, this truth uh, that really has stuck with me. Uh, Timothy Paul Jones, he's got some great books on apologetics if you look him up. But he said this, that we should actually expose our kids to arguments against Christianity and deal with them before they ever encounter them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, like a vaccine, like giving your kids like a low dose <laughs> of exposure so they're inoculated. Uh, so like maybe, you know, we talk to our kids about, well, okay, so, um, you know, some people believe that the world is here just by accident. You know, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. And then to kind of talk about, well, um, let's talk about how how uh, scientists believe that the, that the universe arose out of nothing. Like, how does that happen? 
right? Uh, and how some people think that shows the the evidence for a creator. Or um, let's talk about the uh, the origin of life, about right. how nobody actually has a really good answer for how life arose by natural causes alone. And and so let's talk about how it makes more sense to believe that God brought this about. So those are just examples of if we learn some of these basic apologetics, then we can we can have those conversations with our kids. Now we have to be careful because something that is, is worse than apologetics is bad apologetics. Mm. And so we want to make sure that we're not using arguments that are easily easily debunked, yeah. not scientifically true. Yeah. That or breaks trust. Or overplay their hand. Overplay their yeah. hand too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so w- well give give some some uh what is a good apologetics resource that you might point people to? Okay, just to get you thinking about arguments for Christianity, I think everybody should read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. It's a series of BBC radio talks he gave during World War II. Lewis was an atheist. He was also a single man most of his mm-hmm. life. I, I failed to bring that up in our podcast on mm-hmm. singleness, yep. but... Uh, and then he was gradually won over to Christianity, I think in large part through J.R.R. Tolkien, who yeah. is the author of The Lord of the Rings, and his brother, uh, Lewis's brother. Uh, so Lewis is a great one. Uh, the Reason for God by Tim Keller. Uh, Faith in, in an Age of Skepticism, I think is the rest of that title. Keller is a great resource yeah. anyways. He's, he's a really thinker. kind, he's compassionate, he helps identify with the other side's argument really well. Uh, another one would be, uh, there's a book, I can't remember, uh, the last name is McLaughlin, and not Sarah. Okay, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, don't In start singing. Okay. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'm imagining in my mind that, that <laughs> pet adoption video. <laughs> they Black and white. Yeah. Yeah. With all the sad kitties. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Man, I know. Okay. Okay. That's a tangent. Um, McLaughlin has this uh, book called Confronting Christianity, uh, and, and it goes through tr- 12 arguments against the faith and, uh-huh. and how those don't really hold water. There's one called Cold Case Christianity. Yeah, by Wallace. He was a former uh, FBI detective. detective, forensic detective. Yeah. And he's actually got some great children's books. I just he ordered does. them. I got them for my kids, but I wanted to get some new copies uh, because I might use them with confirmation this year. Cool. Uh, Cold Case Christianity for Kids. It's written in like a novel form. Uh, if anybody wants to know uh, where to find that book, just let us know. Uh, so this is, um, you can also, by the way, go to our YouTube discipleship page, Holy Cross Discipleship mm-hmm. on YouTube, and you can find a playlist called Apologetics which we're beginning to stock with just good, basic apologetic videos. So if that's your speed. So I'm going to read a scripture here, which is kind of the classic apologetics text, because it has the word apologia in Greek in it, which is where we get the word apologetics. It's 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's like this, there is a, a positive role to play, a calling to say, here's why I believe. Like, I'm not just 
a fool. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fool to believe this. Christians are not like some of the most intelligent people in the world throughout all history have been Christians. Mm-hmm. So all those people aren't just suddenly foolish for holding this. Right. Yeah. Um, and we, um, we're not detached from reality. So we're going to run through about four more uh, practical pieces of advice here that really kind of arise, I think, from uh, this scripture, 1 Peter 3.15, um, and, a, and a few other scriptures. The next point is this, is that we want to set an example for our kids rather than arguing with them. Um, arguing usually doesn't win people over to your side. Um, I don't think that happens in politics or religion or, or many things. It just causes us to double down. <laughs> yeah. And, and so we just really want to encourage parents as easy as it might be to argue with our kids, especially when their line of reasoning is, is driving us crazy. We don't want to argue. Now, we can gently ask questions. I think that's the best way to do this is don't argue, ask questions and mm-hmm. ask them genuinely. That actually brings up another great apologetics book by Greg Kukul. If you want to know how to have apologetic conversations with people, your kids included, check out the book Tactics. I love that book, Tactics. Very simple, practical, step-by-step book that teaches you how to have conversations, even if you don't know a lot about apologetics, even if you don't know a lot about the Bible. By asking the right questions, you can help people to see, well, maybe I don't believe that. But uh, anything to add to that? Um, well, I think, yeah, I think asking questions because, in fact, I got this from you. I was, <laughs> when you were in Connecticut, I was listening to one of your apologetic sermons uh, post-Easter, and you were advising uh, your congregation to uh, gently lead people to despair <laughs> uh, by asking questions about what they believe and pointing out some of the difficulties of what they hold. And I was thinking, I, you know, John, I have enough difficulty making friends. <laughs> I think you can do it in a friendly way. I think you can too. Yeah. And actually it led to a very close friendship when I was trying to encourage yeah. uh, a friend of mine in, in Thunder Bay to become a Christian. And a lot of it was just asking, you know, where do you think, hard questions, where do you think evil comes from? Like, mm. do you think there's justice um, beyond this life? Or do you think that any culture is better than any other culture objectively? And he really struggled with those, but it was able to open up some of these questions that Christianity gives profound answers to. Yeah. And yeah. so that's a, I think that is a good way to go. Just be curious. Don't be combative. Be curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think this even goes into the realm of politics, for example, because, you know, if you really want to chase millennials out of the church, uh, a good way to do that is to post a lot of pol- political stuff yeah. on Facebook or social media or or to get into those arguments because uh, a lot of times, you know, there's going to be some disagreement there and we don't want to, for the sake of politics, blow up potential conversations and trust we could have. So, for example, your stance on something from immigration to who the next president should be to uh, maybe the issue of health care, those are all really peripheral and not that big of a deal in comparison to 
people coming to know Jesus. Yeah. They're important, right? Yeah. But we don't want to like break relationships with people or break trust with people uh, because of being too vocal about our opinions. Yeah, and I, I think you you're right, and you can just shut down the whole conversation because if they if they think um, this Christianity thing is a ruse to turn me into a certain political mm-hmm. thinker, which sometimes it is used that way. Right. And they see it coming. Mm-hmm. And so, no, we don't want to turn people into a Republican or a Democrat. We want to turn people into Christians. Right. And help them sort through that later. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, everything in, our, in, in, our, in apologetics, for example, goes back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So whatever moral issue that we, we're talking about, uh, we want to have people know Jesus first. Mm-hmm. Because you can only really understand a moral issue or a, even the way you might approach a certain political issue through the lens of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Which, you know, I think just gives us a different priority in what we're going to talk about. So let's put all those things aside and maybe not be so vocal about those things when it's Thanksgiving, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. You know, those right. are the, the times when sometimes... Uh, you know, one person's got a MAGA hat on and somebody else uh, has a, a Bernie shirt yeah. on and it can just get really ugly and then people don't talk to each other for three years. Yeah, you know, and so. if the name of Christ is dragged through that, oh yeah, you know, then, you know, you've lost on two fronts. Not good, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to share another scripture, Colossians 4, 5. I think this really gets to the the heart of what we're talking about. Paul says, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Uh, By outsiders, he's talking about those who don't yet know Jesus. Then he says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how how you ought to answer each person. Hmm. I like that, you know, seasoned with salt just makes me a little hungry. But, you know, salt cleans. Mm-hmm. and preserves mm-hmm. and stings a little bit maybe, you mm-hmm. know, but it's uh, that this verse has convicted me several times in my way, in the way I've, I've talked to people mm. as a pastor, because as e- even insiders in the church, but especially those who don't yet believe, be wise, you know, think about the big picture, think about salvation. Don't try to win every battle, try to win the war, right? Try to, Try yeah. to encourage them towards grace. And mm-hmm. yeah, don't try to, to stick every little gotcha moment you can. Um, right. And nothing in our culture encourages this, right? I mean, it's right. all a tit for tat kind of thing. And, and, and we want to maybe not die on some hills mm-hmm. uh, so that we can build relationships with people. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, one of the beautiful things about Christianity is when you're a Christian, uh, you don't have to die on every hill because right. Jesus died on that hill, right? Right. Nice. So w- you can be a little less anxious about every conversation, a little more genuinely in- invitational. Like mm-hmm. you, your whole life isn't tied up in this, in this little argument you're having or whatever it is. Uh, but, you know, you have the objective truth or the mm-hmm. truth that is above all truths. And so you can gently lead people to that without... Uh, 
feeling like you're at, at a loss if you lose one argument. You're going to be okay. I think that's a good segue to our next point, point number four, and that is listening without reacting. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll share a scenario here. Let's say that your daughter uh, is kind of gradually showing that she doesn't really want to come to church, and then uh, eventually she just straight up says, you know what, Mom, I'm not even sure I believe in God anymore. And as a parent, that's a, a hard thing to hear. Yeah. It, it, w- it, it hits you, right? Yeah. And, and we could hear that and just get really upset or defensive, or we could just really have an outburst of emotion. And as hard as it is to do, I think that as parents, we need to be able to listen and to say, you know what? I love you. You telling me that, it took a lot of courage to tell me that and not just hide it from me. And I don't love you any less. And I, I'm, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, and I'll listen to you if you have doubts. Uh, because sometimes I think that our kids might expect us to be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Go to your room. Go to your room. <laughs> yeah. Read the, you know, read the Bible. Um, yeah, I think that's good advice, you know, um, not to let us, our hearts be filled with anxiety and fear. Because that's really what makes you angry, you know, yeah. when you're fearful. Yeah, and I don't think that our kids are going to be won over for Christ by our, our anxiety and our anger Probably and our, our fear. Now, this doesn't mean that you you collapse on all your boundaries. Just like roll over. Well, if you don't believe in God, you don't have to go to church. Mm-hmm. I think it's proper as a parent to say, as long as you're under this roof, you're going to go to church. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might not take communion if you don't believe in God, mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Um, but you're still going to come because that's yeah. what we do as a family. And and how about we use that as an opportunity for you to ask me questions, for you to ask your, your pastor's questions. Uh, so just like, you know, we expect our kids to brush their teeth, mm-hmm. <laughs> we can still require them to go to church while they're right. living under our house, under our rule. They can make their own decisions once they move out. Uh, but we, we want to be able to listen and, and to not react to not be angry. Yeah, to not be explosive. Um, I think there is a there is an opportunity there probably if you're able to do it without anxiety to, to express how you actually feel. You know, yeah. it's like, look, what you just said to me sounds very scary because I love you. Right. Because God loves you. Yeah. And because there's no salvation outside of Christ. And mm-hmm. so, you know, please do me the honor of let's let's talk through this. Yeah. And I'm on your side. I'm on your side, yeah. right? Yeah, by you telling me that, I'm not going to distance myself from you, nor am I going to freak out, but I am going to be vulnerable and share it. Hey, that's, that's hard for me to hear because mm-hmm. I love Jesus and I love you too. Um, but, but I'm here to continue to walk with you and listen to you. And yeah. I, th- I think just to add that onto that real quick is kind of to circle back with the, are you equipped for this kind of conversation? Um, because I think when we're not equipped, we feel insecure. Yeah. And so when we feel insecure, we're much more likely to react with overblown power as kind of a show of force. Right. Rather than inviting them into these details that, that we don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. We talked about this earlier, but I think of it as this way. Let's say that, you know, God forbid you found out that one of your children has a chronic health condition. Mm. Let's say you found out that they have diabetes or they have... Uh, maybe like a heart condition. And wouldn't you as a parent read up on everything you can 
to know that illness, to know how to treat it, to know uh, how to walk alongside your child, wouldn't you seek out the greatest treatment you could? You would become, you'd become kind of an expert in that. And in the same way, obviously our spiritual health is so much more important than our physical health. And so if our kids are wandering or drifting or expressing doubts, then isn't that a call for us as parents to, uh, this doesn't mean you need to go out and get a doctorate, right? It just means that we, we just begin to get into the Bible more and, and ask these questions and maybe listen to some podcasts or read a book or two, ask our pastors some questions so that we become more equipped to, to respond to and help mm-hmm. if our kids are experiencing struggles. Yeah, I think that's a really good analogy to talk about spiritual health in mm-hmm. the same way, you know, like yeah. what is, what's, what's the underlying illness that creates the symptom, yeah. you know, like, and that causes us to study this person, what their, what's their heart saying? Yeah. And then what's the gap that needs to be filled? Yeah. And that's a good point because so often I've found that these issues about doubt are not so much a head issue. Yeah. Like it's not so much an intellectual issue. It's more of a heart issue. So for example, it would be maybe kind of convenient for some people if God did not exist as they go to college Mm -hmm. because it allows them to do things that they want to do with no accountability. Um, The heart and the mind are entwined and the heart often follows, uh, or rather the mind rather follows the heart. Yeah. You just, there was a quote we read about that uh, the other day in a book. I don't don't know what it is, but I I like the image uh, someone told me this once that you know your heart and your mind your mind is kind of like uh, an elephant trainer and your heart is the elephant and sometimes your the elephant trainer can get the elephant to do what he wants but sometimes the elephant goes on a rampage mm-hmm. and the trainer is just along for the ride yeah and i think that's a good picture because yeah the heart kind of overrides the yeah mind. the mind can guide the emotions guide the will but often the will and the heart override our rational mm-hmm. mindset. So if you were attracted to maybe a, a certain a path in life uh, that does not include God's commandments in his church, mm-hmm. if you want to go after you know your own freedom, um, if you've been caught up in maybe some of the different you know um, agendas and things like that out there, then it might be really convenient for you to get on the internet and find all the reasons yeah. why your faith yeah, isn't right. true so that you can pursue that without feeling the burden of of, of, of God's commandments. You can kind of yeah. get God off your back. Yeah. And yeah. so the heart is important. Um, real quick, that's another good reason to know what your kids are looking at on online and have some kind of a resource um, to check that. You're their parent. You can do that. Yeah. And not feel bad about it. So Yeah, you don't have that level of privacy. <laughs> No. Right, yeah. Uh, fifth is prayer, and we won't spend a lot of time on this, and I will say we're not just adding prayer in because it's it's what you add in for everything, mm-hmm. pray. I mean, obviously we pray, but for real, uh, you can do the best job as a parent modeling the faith for your kids. You can do your work with apologetics. You can learn how to talk to them. You can listen to them, but only the Holy Spirit changes hearts. And so the most, I would say this is probably the most important point, Mm -hmm. even though we won't spend a lot of time on it, is to be in regular prayer for your kids that, that, 
that they would know Jesus, that they would know his love, that his Holy Spirit would be working on their hearts because apart from that, all these other points kind of break down. Yeah, I think um, I was reading somewhere in, in the, I think it's Luther, but he was talking about how uh, prayer keeps the church together. Mm-hmm. You know, prayer sustains the church. And, you know, yeah, praying, you know, lay it out to God, right? And Luther says, you know, rub God's ears in his promises. It's like, hey, you baptized this baby, this, this person, this my son, my daughter when they were young. Keep your promises, you know, and so don't don't stop calling out to God for his his help because he can do more than we can ask or imagine. Exactly, yeah. And then finally, number six, uh, seek out support from pastors, staff at church, mm. uh, other parents. I mean, your pastors and the and the staff in this church have been trained uh, to to think about these things, to talk about these things, and 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 also. Um, other parents are struggling with this. Yeah. If you feel alone in your struggle, I tell you what, lots of parents are struggling with this. And so in Galatians 6.2, Paul tells us, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And Paul was talking about that within the context of people falling into transgression, getting tangled up in sin, and then being gently restored and brought out of that by other Christians. And so... Isolation is the em- enemy here. We want empathy over isolation. Empathy yeah. for what other parents are going through. Uh, parents having empathy for what others are going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, know that this is this is a real battle. Like if mm-hmm. it, if this feels hard, that's you're not imagining that. Right. You know. I think we were a little bit, I think the church in, in North America in particular was a little bit ill-equipped to deal with the, the challenges of our changing culture and the philosophies of this age. And so we're, now we're at this position where we, there's a lot of fallout. You yeah. know? And so we as the church need to rise up and need to be, have our minds equipped, but to know that this enemy is strong, the tide, the tide is strong. Mm-hmm. And so now is the time for action, and also now is the time to, to rally together and to find allies to help you with this. Yeah, I think there's great opportunity for that in confirmation, for example, as we're beginning confirmation and we have parents learning together uh, to get to know these other parents and to have each other's back, to yeah. say, hey, I love you, I'm praying for you, we're in this together, yeah. uh, our kids are going to grow up together, so let's know each other. And, and really to, to support one an- another. In fact, we talked in our last podcast about how marriage is like spiritual warfare mm-hmm. because Satan hates marriage and would love to tear it apart. In the same way, uh, parenting is spiritual warfare because Satan hates the family. Mm-hmm. And, and so he would love to see it torn apart. He would yeah. love to see... Um, kids drift and and deny the faith yeah and have parents feel guilt and despair and and not be equipped and and honestly i think a lot of these things like you mentioned have really crept up on us we weren't ready for it mm-hmm. there's there have been these waves of of um, different thoughts and beliefs that have come through you know the 60s and then the 70s and the 80s and 90s 
And, and this is the way history has worked ever since the beginning, but, um, but I think that we haven't been equipped. And I, I don't put that on parents necessarily. I put that on really the church and its leadership because I think that the church's leadership, its, its pastors, its teachers, even its professors at the seminary level, maybe got a little complacent in generations past that like, hey, we live in a, in a pretty Christian culture. Mm-hmm. And if we take our kids to church and, and the pastor preaches and they get confirmed, of course they'll continue. Yeah. But, but things have really progressed rapidly. I guess progressed is not the right word. Things have regressed rapidly. Um, yeah, kind so of that foundation we thought we were standing on got eroded really quickly, you know, and, and now the, the question is, yeah, are we, are we going to reestablish on the rock or be swept away? And so we, we just want to encourage you, uh, just be established on the rock. There is good answers, right? Christianity is, is well defended. Um, it's a thinking person's faith. It is. Yeah. And, and there's all the answers you could want. <laughs> there really is. Yeah. Um, and so be encouraged to go toward that challenge and don't go alone. Uh, go toward it with allies, with your church, and uh, hold on tight. You know, pray hard. This is a battle, and uh, we're, we're in the midst of it. Yep. I think that's a good point to end on, and mm-hmm. uh, thanks for joining us, and we will join you next week as we go deeper into the, uh, the joys and the challenges of, of parenting and how we do this as Christian people. Awesome. See you next time.